a super special guest that will be joining us for the next like nine weeks. And why is it nine, you ask? Because we're doing an Enneagram series. Bam, 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 bam. Welcome to the podcast, Megan Richardson. Hey, how's it going? We get to do this in person. I know, it's so exciting. Last time we were not in person. No, we were like in different cities. Yay. Um, yeah, so Megan is my Enneagram friend. We both love the Enneagram. Megan knows a lot more about it than I do. She's here to guide us. And we are literally going to take this time to show you guys just how amazing the Enneagram is and what to uh, use it for. So Megan, what is the Enneagram? Okay, so the Enneagram is actually a very, very old equation. Um, if you've ever seen the image of it, it is a nine-point pentagram. Um, so it looks a little scary at first. Yeah, it does. But, yeah, it's a little scary at first. People <laughs> are always a little bit freaked out. Um, but it's actually a design of a perfect mathematical equation. Don't ask me about that part. I know nothing about that part. <laughs> but... One of the formations that it's taken on in the last couple of centuries is a personality version of it. Um, it gained a lot of person or gained a lot of popularity in the '70s when um, a priest named Richard Rohr um, started studying it, and he released a lot of books. And so he's kind of considered like the father of the personality enneagram. Um, and then it's just gained a lot of popularity again in the past like five or six years. So basically, the basis behind it is it's another personality um, test subject kind of thing. Um, you might have heard of Myers-Briggs. You might have heard of, like, Strength Finders. Mm -hmm. um, they're all different types of tools. And so everyone has their favorite. Um, me and Laura's is the Enneagram. And yes. um, the reason why I have tons of friends who prefer other ones, and we all get into debates about <laughs> Always. which one is the best. Um but basically the difference, pretty much the most common ones in the Christian world now are the Myers-Briggs personality um, things and then the Enneagram. And the difference between those is the Myers-Briggs is set up to look at your outside decision-making decision processes. Um, so someone that knows a lot about the Myers-Briggs can just pretty much observe you in a situation, watch you make decisions, and can type you very quickly. Um, it's very quickly to type yourself on Myers-Briggs. Mm -hmm. um, it's very easy. The difference between that and the Enneagram is the Enneagram is all based on internal decision-making and thought process. Um, so it's much more difficult for another person to type you because it's all about what is going on inside of your head. Um, so pretty much the basis behind that is that we make decisions based off of a certain process that we have in our mind, and um, the Enneagram divides those into nine different compartments. Wow. True story. I just learned a lot of that, so thank you, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's some really good history for you guys, and um, I mean, every personality test is so different. I have found personally that the Enneagram makes the most sense to me because I can understand myself and why I did things and other people. Because that's kind of, I feel like that's the fun part of personality tests is it helps you love on others way easier. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's like, because it's like love languages are cool and that's 
helpful, but with something as specific as this, you can literally, I don't want to say anticipate what someone you care about is going to do or feel, but it definitely helps you get there. Yeah. It really, like when I discovered the Enneagram, um, I actually have a lot of friends that are type nines. I love um, nines. Which you will hear about later. Yes. Um, but for so long, I was so frustrated because they think completely different from me. And so I would be trying to do something with them and we would be clashing on just thought processes, planning processes, motivation to do things was totally different. And I was so frustrated because I was like, do I just not get along with this person? Um, And as soon as I learned about myself and learned about them, um, it was so much easier to kind of establish like, okay, this is your thought process that you're going through. This is why you're making these decisions. Um, And let me kind of alter how I'm communicating so that you can communicate more effectively and you're more comfortable communicating. Um, But also like we can be aware of our, both of our communication styles. And so that is super helpful. um, Just communicating with people that you're close to. Yeah. And communication is really important in any relationship you have. So we're not just talking friendships. We're talking romance. We're talking about work relationships, all of it. It, You can find a benefit with the Enneagram just about everywhere you look. Completely. Yeah. That's why we're doing this. super beneficial. So the Enneagram has some terms and phrases that if you're not really familiar with it, they're not going to make a lot of sense to you. So we're going to go ahead and just break down a few of those now. And the first one that came to my mind was wings. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about flying. Nope. Um, each type, each person has a wing, basically. Um, Megan, do you want to go more into that? Yeah. So, um, man, I wish I could give you a visual because it gets a little <laughs> bit confusing. We can post some visuals to help with this on the podcast. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's uh, a great idea. Instagram. So basically, the image of the Enneagram is there are nine base types. You have one through nine. Um, once you have figured out your base type, that is the first stepping stone is like, I am a three or I am a six. And then after that, you can kind of dig a little bit more into some different things because there's not just nine types technically. Um, there are variants in each of the type. And so basically you can be what Laura was referring to was the wing. So you can be a one-to-one type. Um, so you can be a, like, basically you're just a three. You do not have any wings. Um, you are a three wing three, basically, Hmm. um, is kind of an example. And I have a couple of friends that are like, they're seven wing sevens. They are (laughs) nine wing nines. They do not have, they do not stray from their type. Um, But you can also stray between um, the numbers on either side of you. So you take on some of those personality traits. You take on some of those um, decision-making processes, some of those conflict resolution things. Um, So you could be, like if you were a three, you could be a three-wing two or a three-wing four. Um, So it can't be like a random number. Um, You can't be like a three-wing seven. Um, But you can be on either side. So there are technically three different types of wings. There's the one-to-one, and then there's the one on either side. Okay, perfect. Um, What else do you think people might hear during these conversations, Megan? Um, So basically, like, figuring out your type is the first point. Figuring out your wing is kind of the second point. Um, Some of the other things that you might hear about is... um, instinctual variants. So there's three different types of instinctual variants, and those are all within um, each Enneagram type. So you can be like, like 
I can say, if I walk up to someone that knows the Enneagram very well, I can say, hey, I'm a four-wing three with a sexual instinctual variant. Um, I honestly hate that it's called sexual, (laughs) um, but that's what it is. Um, So there's three different instinctual variants. There's social, self-preservation, and sexual. And basically, you have one that's dominant. You have one that is not nearly as dominant, but it's still there. And then you have one that's dormant. Um, so for an example of looking at those variants, say if you were to walk into a party, um, if you are a social variant, then you're going to walk in, you are going to talk to everyone in the party if as like as many people as you can. And if there's an emergency, you're going to help get every single person out. Um, if you are a self-preservation variant, You are going to walk into a party. You are going to identify where the food is, where the bathroom is, and where the exit is in case there's an emergency um, because you're going to get yourself out. Um, And then if you are a sexual variant, then you are um, really focused on one-to-one interaction. And so you're going to walk into a party. You're going to find the most interesting person in the room or the person you really want to talk to, and you're mainly only going to talk to them in a party. And in the event of an emergency, you are going to pay attention to the people that you have really close relationships with. Um, So that's just kind of your first thing. Um, So those are the variants. You might also hear about um, the triads. Um, So basically... The pentagram has different sections. Um, so there are there's the mind triad, which means that you make most of your thoughts through logic. There's the heart triad, which means you make most of your thoughts or most of your decisions through feelings. And then there's the gut triad, which is kind of following your gut instinct. Um, so you might hear some of those things. There's those three different triads. Um, and then one of the other things that I really like to talk about a lot, it's been really, really helpful since I learned about it about a year ago, um, is conflict resolution strategies. Um, and those are in triads as well, but they are not the same as the heart, mind, and gut triads. Um, they are a little bit different. So we'll talk about conflict resolution with each type of like what exactly what strategy um, each type has um, and kind of where they fit and um, some of those things. And the other, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that you might hear. Oh, you might hear about um, heart and stress points. Um, so basically, when you look at a, a picture of the Enneagram, there are lines connecting each number. Um, those lines, if you're looking at a detailed image of the Enneagram pentagram, um, then it's gonna have arrows. Numbers are arrows that are pointing towards a different number. Um, so like if you're a three and you're pointing to, actually, let me give the example of a four because I'm a four and I know those ones by heart. <laughs> um, so if you're a four and you're pointing to a one, I'm going to go there when I am in my heart point. Um, so when I am feeling like very empowered, very strong, I'm feeling very emotionally healthy, I'm going to take on a lot of the characteristics of a healthy type one. Um, my stress point, my arrow is pointing towards the two or towards the four from two. Um, so when I am really stressed, really emotionally unhealthy, I start to take on some of those characteristics of an unhealthy two. Mm. Um, and so those are kind of the changes that you might notice in yourself. So really there is a way to connect with every single type on the Enneagram. Um, so you're not, you are just one dominant type, but you have a characteristic of every single one in you, which is what makes it a little bit more confusing. Yeah. Um, then say other personality types, 
um, or test or anything like that. Um, but I just think it makes it much more interesting because you just kind of see like dominant things and then you can kind of pick up like, okay, I bring on these traits at work, but I don't bring them on in during like romantic relationships, that kind of thing. Yes. And I know this is a lot of information, but just know that as soon as we start talking to each type, it's going to be very clear. And I think what's going to be so fun about this is that you're really going to see the differences in motivations in each person because they're different. That's what part of the fun is of the Enneagram. Like what motivates me is not necessarily what motivates Megan. Oh, completely. Like me and Laura could be doing the exact same thing and her decision-making process on what's going to motivate her to do that and what she's going to receive from that is going to be completely different from mine. And we're actually connected by a stress point. Yeah. Um, and so, or a heart stress point. Cause I am so, an Enneagram too. Yeah. So we actually connect when I'm being unhealthy. I take on her unhealthy qualities. When she's being healthy, she takes on my healthy qualities. Um, but we still have very different decision-making processes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And yet here we are best friends so that's what's so good about the Enneagram is it it literally will show you how to be friends and how to love on other people and that's why we find it so helpful um that's not to take away from any of the other personality tests everybody has their favorites this is just the core motivation is very helpful in my opinion and I know Megan agrees Mm -hmm. obviously because she's oh 100% joining us in the Ennea series Um, so how do we find out our numbers, Megan? So there are actually a couple of different ways. Um, there are a lot of tests on the internet. There Mm -hmm. are ones that you can pay for, or there are regular ones. They're relatively long. Yeah, they are. Um, the one that I always kind of recommend to people that are wanting to take the test is your Enneagramcoach.com with Beth McCord, which we will link in the show notes. Um, she's fantastic. She's got an entire website dedicated. Um, but I always give people the kind of warning um, of like, Hey, the Enneagram tests are only about 50 to 80% accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, that variation in accuracy basically depends on how well you know yourself. Um, so sometimes like I know when I first took the test, I was kind of answering the questions how I wanted them to be answered, not how I actually respond to things. Um, and so my type was not accurate. Same actually. Yeah. And so when I, did a little bit more reading and read it again or took it again I actually got my type and I resisted it for a while (laughs) um kind of my thing that I always tell people when they're trying to figure out their type is I'm like you can start out with a test it's going to give you a good starting point Uh um but dig into like how you make decisions do you make decisions with your mind your heart or your or your gut like what is what is that process how do you resolve conflict um because that can kind of narrow down things and then you can kind of look at some numbers and just do some reading and kind of see like okay this one is really sticking out to me this one doesn't sound like me at all um that kind of thing I always tell people that and this was my reaction and a lot of my friends reactions is when you figure out your type you're probably you're probably gonna read it and you're gonna want to throw the book across the room because It calls out everything that you like. Honestly, I don't want to sound scary, but it calls out everything that you don't like about yourself. <laughs> like those weird communication things that you're like, I don't like that I do that, but I don't know how to stop it. And it literally is written on a piece of paper. And you're like, 
How did you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so that was my thing when I, um, tested and I got full, I got the type four. Um, I, I refused it for a while. I was like, this person is awful. I hate this person. (laughs) Um, they're so dramatic and I don't like them. Um, and so I was very resistant to accepting that I was a type four. And even now I still am like, Mm, I want to resist to that a little bit. Um, but it's, it's totally, it's, it's hard to hear at first because it's really calling out a lot of things, but then it's like so freeing after that because it's making you so much more self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first took the test, I was with Megan and our friend Gabby, who is a nine. Mm-hmm. And so every, in our little Enneagram friend group in general, were different numbers, which is really helpful. Yeah. Um, they had taken it and I had never taken it and I got a six. And then after that, Megan immediately read to me what each type was. And I'm like, I don't I'm like, I have traits of a six, but like, I'm not like a six. Yeah. And so then I thought I was a three for the longest time. And mm-hmm. then I was listening to another Enneagram podcast and I texted Megan and I'm like, I'm having an Enneagram self-identity crisis. <laughs> I think I'm a two. And then we started reading more about twos and their motivations. I was like, okay, no, 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 no. I'm a two with a very strong three wing. Yep. But it's it definitely, <laughs> if you listen to H for Honesty, it makes you honest with yourself that this is who we are. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why it's so good to be the healthy form of your number because every number has so much to bring to the table and has a lot to offer. There is no hierarchy because you're a nine doesn't mean you're better than a one because it's a bigger number. That makes no sense. No. Nope. Although my fiance tends to say that and I'm like, no, no, even though he's a five um, and he will be on this podcast. So you will finally get to hear from Alex. Because he's the most five of all time. Um, he's a five one five. He is. Uh, but we'll talk about like that relationship and what it's like to date and be with other numbers throughout each episode. It's a lot easier to break down what that's like when you're actually talking to those people because Megan and I can't speak for like the sevens. Yeah. And no, I'm not a seven I'm in not any not way. Seven. Or like the eights. I am not an eight. Uh, I want to be an eight. Megan does want to be an eight eight so so bad. (laughs) But um, we'll go into now just like what what should you expect during this series? And I called it a mini series in another episode. And it's really not. It's like a good nine week series, which is really beneficial because during this time of life, we're all kind of having to discover who we are a little bit more obviously because we're stuck a lot of us on our own. And when you're by yourself, you start thinking about things you maybe don't want to think about and it can be scary. So if you can understand your core motivations and who you are, it makes it a little bit easier to navigate uh, quarantine. And we can even ask each type, like, what has this been like for you? Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee every single type will be very different, which is awesome. I love it. Um, So Megan and I each week will bring on either one or two people of each type um, and ask some questions. And we'll send them in advance because I know some of the types will not be happy if they don't get to see those questions beforehand. Type one. I was supposed to say, I'm looking at you ones. Um, And they're just going to like break down these questions for us in terms of like how they would respond and how they feel. And you will be like, whoa, that person thinks like that? Or wow, I think like that. Mm -hmm. Just like I did when I heard about Enneagram 2s. Megan, anything to add? I feel like that's... I mean, yeah, I have one more thing. Go for um, it. So, 
the Enneagram, especially, I just gave you a lot of information. And that is, like, I I literally gave... Base level. I didn't even give base level. I went deep. (laughs) Like, like you get to past wings and you're like moving into like expert range like you're like I'm really going for some (laughs) self-awareness over here um and so like don't be intimidated by the different things really if you can figure out your type Mm -hmm. you're you're good like yeah definitely don't be intimidated um but a lot of the times like I when I introduce the Enneagram to people a lot of the times I hear um the concern of like, well, I don't want to be put into a box of yes, personality. I hear that too. Um, and that is like a very common thing that I hear. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage Laura's listeners and whoever is wanting to find out their type or is a little bit nervous about the Enneagram. Yes. Um, is that it is not, it is not designed to put you in a box. Right. Um, basically the design behind it is it's a Christian personality, um, tool. And so, the understanding of it is actually the word personality is Greek and it stands for mask. Um, and so basically a personality, all of us have our own personality. It's a mask of who we're supposed to be. And so the design of the Enneagram was designed to show, um, that we were born. We came into the world as a certain person who God created us to become, um, and one of the other maybe common terms you might hear when talking to people about the Enneagram is the childhood fears. Um, so basically, um, the Enneagram has found very common patterns in people of each type of like a childhood fear. Um, and basically what that means is that at a time in our childhood, who knows when, there was something in the world because the world is broken that said, you are not good enough. You're not going to survive without altering yourself. And so the response to that was basically nine patterns of responses, which created the different personality types. And so that's how we all have those core motivations and core fears um, because of those fears. And so really what's happening is the Enneagram gives us an opportunity to see the box that we've put ourselves in because of that core motivation and core fear, because the world told us that we were not good enough, because the world is broken. Um, and to be completely self-aware of who we are, how we've put ourselves into the, the type box. Um, because having knowing about the Enneagram does not give me an excuse to act and do certain things. Like I yeah. can't, I can't be like a completely emotional wreck because I'm a type four and be like, oh, well, it's because I'm a type four. That doesn't give me the excuse. That means that I have to hold myself more accountable because I'm aware that that is part of my personality. And so I hold myself more accountable for that. I allow myself to feel those things. And then I step out of that. Um, Before I was aware of that thing, I a little bit thought that I was crazy. I a little bit thought that like I was the only one that felt that way. Um, but it was very comforting to know like other people experience this. There are strategies to help me kind of step aside from the base personality that I have put myself in. Um, and I am moving in the direction of who God intended for me to be when I was born. Um, and so that is one of the really awesome things about the Enneagram is that it's not designed to put you in a box. It's designed to take you out of the box that you put yourself in. Um, and I come through. Yes. I just absolutely love that. Um, so I like seriously do not like, I don't recommend, like, don't take it on as your identity. This is not 
Um, this is not to exchange the Bible. This is not to exp- exchange your relationship with Jesus. This is not to exchange prayer. This is just a map and some tools that you can use to get down the path that you're going with God. Um, it just gives you a little bit more self-awareness and it's like, you can just bring it alongside with your other tools that you use in your relationship with God. Um, which I absolutely love that we have the opportunity to bring it on because it just helps me communicate better with his people. It helps me Mm -hmm. communicate better with God because each type has a different way that we connect to God differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's super interesting to learn all those things and be like, yeah, this makes sense. I totally understand. And it just kind of takes, it takes the difficulty out of trying to figure out how to follow God when other people, like a lot of times pastors are not the same type as you. And so you're like, I'm not getting it. Um, it just takes the difficulty out of it. And it's so comforting to be able to just have the language to explain the decision-making process and the feelings that you feel. Oof. Enough said. All right. Long rant. Sorry. <laughs> nope. Necessary rant. Um, yeah. I mean, I have nothing to add after that. That that summed it up right there. And that's a very important reminder because I've literally heard people say, well, I'm not taking the Enneagram. I don't want to be in a box. But like nope. Megan said, you're already in a box. You're in Take a box. Out of the box. Get out of the box. Yeah. Get out of it. 100%. Um, yeah. You're taking yourself out of the box. And the only other thing that I will say is that if you get, if you start listening to this, you get really excited um, and you like want to go home to your boyfriend or your best friend or your roommate or whoever and be like, I think that you're this type. Don't do that. Um Myers-Briggs, you can walk up to someone and type them because you're watching their external decision-making. But the Enneagram, that is all someone's interpretation of their own personality. And so I've had random people tell me that I'm a different type and I'm like, "Mm, no, inside of my head, that is not how I function. Um, Might be because you're watching me at work or might be because you're watching me in a romantic relationship, that kind of thing. Um, But it is completely different. And so no one can truly understand what's in your head besides you. Um, And so it's just really, some people really want you to guess their type or guess what they are. And I just, I never do. I never fall for it. That's the lazy way out. It's lazy. You got it. You got to figure it out yourself. This is getting closer to God is hard work. And this is another tool to get closer to God. Mm -hmm. We're not taking shortcuts here. No kids. Yep. (laughs) Got to, got to do the work. Yes. Do the work, even though I want to help you, but I'm not going to help you with that. Um, okay. So first up with, the interviews is going to be the Enneagram eight. Um, I'm just going to say I have a stigma towards eights. That is very rude. So I'm excited for this conversation. And of course I love all God's people, but I mean, I think that's very natural. Some people don't like twos because twos are a lot to deal with too, but that's okay. That's why we're doing this to understand each type. So eights, I love you. I do. I can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I have, I've never had a really, really good relationship with a six, and so I'm always a little bit hesitant. And I um, love sixes. Yes. I have so many friends that are sixes. Laura just loves sixes. And I have so many friends that are nines, and I want to be... I'm a four-wing three, which is very similar to an eight, and so a lot of times people think that I'm an eight, and I'm like, no, but I wish. Like, <laughs> That's I so kind love. of you. I wish I was. I know. <laughs> so it's such a compliment. Um, yeah, so it's, it's super weird. Um, um, you, if you hear people talking about it, you're, I mean, as soon as you dive in, it's like, 
it's a little bit of an obsession. I love learning about it. It's, it's so fun. Much fun. It's genuinely fun. Because like so every time fun. you read, you learn something else. Oh, and I just wanted to add to the box conversation. I heard this on Annie F. Downs podcast last year. Um, where she was talking about the Enneagram and she had a guest that came on and they may have actually been a two. And, um, they said that like each type is a color with different shades. So Mm -hmm. maybe you're a two, but you're not like so beyond two that you cannot be anything even remotely similar. So you may have qualities of that, that that doesn't mean you are every single quality of your number, which I thought was a good reminder because... I've had this. I think I actually told that to somebody once. I think it was like, you've got your navy blue, your baby blue, your sky blue, but you're all twos. You're all blue. You're yeah, all you're three. All you're all blue. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. And that was that was one of the things that it's still really difficult for me. Um, so I, I am a four-wing three. I have a very, very strong three-wing. Um, but my motivation is the reason that I'm a four. Because yeah. my motivation is type four. Yeah. Um, but yeah. a lot of the... Actions and decision things I do are very similar to three characteristics, what my motivation is for. Um, But, like, you'll learn about fours. They're very creative people. Um, And I am digging into my creative side a little bit. She is. Um, But that is not natural for me. That is a new (laughs) thing. That is not, like... Other fours that I know can walk out and be like, oh, look at the sky. I see this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's blue. Like, it's literally yeah, blue. I'm like, it's literally just blue. Um, so, yeah. So, you're not going to have the same things. A lot of times, I, I actually have like three or four friends that are fours, and we are all so different. It's not even <laughs> funny. Um, I literally have no idea how we're all friends. <laughs> we're all super good friends. Um, but people think it's so funny when we all talk to each other because it's like this really deep, meaningful conversation that no one knows what's ha- happening. Um, but then I'm over here, like I'm not creative. And so I don't see anything that you're seeing. Um, so it's just weird, but it's super fun. And it just like, I love having friends of different types. It oh, just yeah. makes my life happy. Like, yes, it's yes. so fun. Yes, because like I said, every number brings something to the table and has so much value. I mean, Megan and I, our friendship truly started because we had deep conversations with each other Mm -hmm. and it was comfortable. And I think our types kind of, I mean, they just work. We just work who we are. We're super comfortable having deep conversations. Yes, because we love people. Um, But I don't want to say anything else. I feel like that that is perfect and it's going to be really fun to dive into each type so make sure to come back next wednesday to hear all about the eights megan thank you for your overview very helpful of course. sorry it was so much information so much information but that is okay we're going to link some really helpful tools to you guys in the show notes and we'll post some stuff to um, instagram as well but we will talk to you guys next week here we go we are about to start our Enneagram series and oh my gosh I'm so excited I've been wanting to do this since I started the podcast and I really hope you guys enjoy it and really get a lot out of it I know I'm definitely going to Um, more than anything this is just a time to where you can truly learn how to love your people and how to figure out the best ways to navigate your relationships with 
spouses, with friends, with whoever it may be. So let's do this together, y'all. Let's learn. Let's become the best versions of ourselves. And I'm so excited to go on this journey with you. In the meantime, go ahead and follow our Instagram at P4Podcast so you can get some behind the scenes content and some Enneagram information that will definitely be helpful. Uh, And just remember, y'all, again, the Enneagram does not put you in a box. It just gets you out of one. So here we go, guys. Next Wednesday, we start and I'm so excited and have a great rest of your week.